Thank the Lord for that word. You can be seated, church family. Did not Minister Ruth Jackson preach to us in the first hour? And has not Pastor Sandoval and Pastor Brent spoken the counsel of the Lord to us? Bishop, I give you honor. I am so thankful that I can call you my shepherd. You are missed. We have a good shepherd, church family. I honor you, First Lady. Your presence is missed. We pray you are refreshed. We love our first family. Amen. I honor the staff and the ministry. I honor you, church family, for what you are doing in the kingdom of God. And for time's sake, you know I love you. I hope you know you I love you. If you don't, I'll do better about showing it. Let's go quickly to the word of the Lord, Second Corinthians or Second Thessalonians. It's a big difference. Second Thessalonians chapter two. We'll start at verse eight. See what the Lord does. I'm thankful that I don't have to feel goosebumps to know that the word of God is true. I'm thankful I don't have to feel something all over me to know that his promises are sure. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 8, the Bible says, And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him, verse 9, the Bible says, whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. Verse 10, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. For just a moment, as the Lord allows, I want to talk to us about for the love of of the truth. Will you pray, Reverend Massey? God, I thank you for your presence that I feel in this place. I pray that you would anoint your maidservant, God. Use her in a mighty way. Take your liberty in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated, church family. I read this particular scripture on, I believe it was Monday of this week. And it just stuck out at me, and it has not left my spirit. And then we heard what Minister Ruth Jackson preached on Wednesday. And there's so many things that are coming at this appointed season. Some things we are hearing again. Some things we need to be refreshed on. And I am thankful that God will allow that. But this particular portion of Scripture, Paul is writing to the, to the church at Thessalonica. This is his second letter. What I love about Paul is you can read Thessalonians, you can read Corinthians, you can read Ephesians, and they're all different. And it's because he is talking and preaching to different individual bodies. 
Just like the Apostle Paul, our bishop will do the same thing through the different works. He will have the heartbeat of those works. And when the Lord begins to speak to him, it will be specifically for those works. That is powerful, church family. It's not a Joel Osteen book that it's just, oh, it all sounds good. And maybe it's for the masses. But God is a specific God, and he will speak specifically to your need. So in this particular book, Paul is talking to them, and there had been some questions about the coming of the Lord. And at the beginning of chapter 2, he tells them not to be soon shaken in mind or be troubled neither by spirit nor by word. And then he, he begins to tell them that before the coming of the Lord, before that day, that day shall not come in verse 3, except there be a falling away first and the man of sin be revealed. So you skip to verse 8 and it talks about that wicked one being revealed. And the Lord will consume him with the spirit of his mouth. Jump down to verse 10. We're still talking about that particular man and spirit that he has we know it is of satan and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish that die that are destroyed and this is why because they received not the love of the truth when you receive something it has to be offered to you and you have to take it so you don't just get to go pick it. It has to be offered unto you, right? And there are times, I mean, we just come out of the Christmas season, even though Pastor Brent's still celebrating. Maybe he's wanting some more presents. Um, but there, we know that there have been times that we may have received a certain gift that was not our favorite. And we may have thought it was going to be one thing, Brother Gonzalez, but when we opened that particular gift, it was something else. But nonetheless, it was a gift that had to be received, that had to be accepted by us. So when you took it in your hands and you unwrapped that particular present, it now became part of your possession. So we know that all will have an opportunity to hear the truth. They must then receive it unto them. And it says, these particular ones received not. They rejected the love of the truth. I found it interesting because the Bible didn't just say the truth. It said the love of. The word love in that particular scripture is agape love. It is that which is active. It is affection. It is benevolence. And truth, we use that so often. But when you really begin to think about that particular word, when I looked it up, it happened to, to have this phrase connected, meaning corresponding to reality. I think that's interesting because I'm not sure if there's any media outlet 
that happens to understand reality sometimes. But truth is not perception. Truth is not what we think is going to happen or, or what we see with what, what could come up in our mind. I've always heard that, you know, in any given situation, Brother Means, there was always three sides to a story, right? It was this person's side, that person's side, and then there was the truth. That's kind of how it is. We know that this is truth. Everything in this word is truth. But it is important, church family. And listen, this may be kind of speaking to the choir again, but I think there's never a time that we know everything about the word of God. There's always going to be something when you open that word that God will reveal to you if you are willing to be sensitive to him. So we must receive the love of the truth. These did not. And so therefore they were not saved. Again, saved means to save, deliver, protect, heal, or preserve. If you'll go with me to Acts chapter 17. Truth is preached in this church. Not perception, not man's opinion, not man's thoughts or ideas, but the true word of God is broken down, it is taught, and it is preached in this body. But it is up to us to receive that. Acts chapter 17, we're going to start at verse 16. This is Paul, he's uh, now in Athens. His friends had, um, had been detained elsewhere. And so it is just him here at Athens at this point. The Bible says, now while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was stirred. He was distressed. He was irritated. When he saw the city, the city of Athens, wholly given to idolatry. So it was full of idols, full of images. Therefore, because he's seen that, I mean, do we really think Paul's just going to sit down and be like, oh, nice artwork. No, he disputed in the synagogue. He preached. He discussed. He reasoned with them in the synagogue, with the Jews and with the devout persons in the market daily. He persevered, that's for sure. Verse 18, then certain philosophers of the Epicureans... And of the Stoics encountered him. And some said, what will this babbler say? That was, um, those are fighting words. That word breaks down into a chatterer, a sponger, a loafer, especially a gossip, a seed picker, or a crow. Is that not hilarious? Implying the person has low status, living by picking up scraps. I told you, this was fighting words. Then some said, he seemeth to be a setter forth of strange gods. He seems to be a proclaimer of strange gods because he preached unto them Jesus and the resurrection. So they decided to take him and prod him unto... I wrote down trying to pronounce it for myself. What Brother Mean said. Y'all heard it. 
I'm not going to try to say them. They brought him here, which was a, a place where a council met. And they would begin to, these were the educated people, so to speak. And they would begin to discuss matters concerning morals and education. So in the city of Athens, this was an important place to go. And um, we're going to discuss these things. And these are the most educated of the educated here. Again, Paul was very timid and he didn't go. No, I'm just kidding. You know he went. And they wanted to discuss this new doctrine. They told him in verse 20, For thou bring certain strange things to our ears. We want to know what they mean. Verse 21, For all the Athenians and strangers which were there spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear some new thing. They wanted to know something that was the latest. New breaks down into latest, especially in freshness. So if this is something new, if this is something relevant, then this is what we want to know. Not sure they were concerned much with seeking what was true as opposed to maybe what was relevant. Verse 22, then Paul stood in the midst of them on Mars Hill and said, you men of Athens. You know, Paul was getting ready. I perceive that in all things you are too superstitious. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, your objects of worship, I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. And Minister Ruth Jackson has preached on this not too long ago. But why do they need this inscription to an unknown God when supposedly their city is full of idols? So in other words, they don't know who God is because they can't, and just in case, this idol, this idol, this image, this image, and this image in the city of Athens is not God. We're going to cover ourselves, put an inscription and say, well, just in case, whoever you are, God, we've got you covered here. And Paul begins to talk. He begins to preach to them. Verse 24. God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. So he began to expound upon to them who this supposed unknown God really was. And you could not construct him with your hands. You could not build a temple and call it God. He is a God not made by man's hands. And he begins to explain to them who Jesus was. Let's jump down to verse 32. And when they heard the resurrection of the dead, some mocked. And others said, oh, we'll hear, we'll hear you again of this man. We'll, we'll talk about it again. So Paul departed. Verse 34. How be it? Certain men clave unto him. They joined him. They clung to Paul. They stuck to him. And they believed. 
among the which was Dionysus, and he was a part of that council. He was one of the educated ones. So you can't convince me that there's not people of many degrees that will not hear and receive the word of God. And there was also a woman named Damaris and others with them. What's your point? My point is, church family, is that they had an opportunity to hear truth. They had an opportunity to discover who God was. Like we have an opportunity every time we walk into these sanctuary doors. And then we have a choice to make. They chose, those two particular ones chose to cling unto Paul. They made a stand. They put action with it. And whatever Paul wanted to speak and preach and teach, they were there to hear it. So what will you do with the truth? What will you do when the ministry comes up here and our bishop begins to preach and teach the counsel of God? And it may be a little hard to hear and it's certainly hard to digest because, Bishop, you don't understand what I'm going through. What will you do with that? What will we do with it? When the Lord tells us things that we must, Sister Ruth, give up. That's where, Pastor Brent, do we love God? Do we love this truth? Is it more important than everything else? Because the same God that preserved you in 2021 will definitely be the same God that preserves you in 2022 if he tarries. The same God that healed you in 2021 is the same God that can heal you in 2022. The same God that has called you in 2021 is still calling and is still calling for you today. I told the Lord this week I had, um, there was something that's turned over in me. Because I really only want the will of God. don't really have to have man's accolades. I don't really need responses. I don't even desire. I don't have to have compliments or, or anything of that nature. I truly only want the will of God. And that always sounds good when we say it, Sister Ruth. But it's a different story when he does ask you to give up things. But as I told him this week, there's so many times you hear people begin to look and they're like, oh, I got to give up that. I got to give up that. And I got to do this to serve the Lord. And I got to do this. There is absolutely nothing that we could give up that's any more than what he did for us. Nothing. 
So if I have to give up time spent with a granddaughter to serve my God and do his will, I'll do it. If I have to leave everything that I was comfortable with, Brother Thompson, to do the will of God and to be pleasing to him, I will do it. Because I do love him, Pastor Brent. I was praying for someone this week in particular. And something come over. It was the Spirit of the Lord, not something. What do you mean something? I felt the Lord. And I began to tell God, in that trial... Lord, when that person is victorious, I want you to boast to the enemy what specific weapon that you used in them to defeat him. I want him to see it. God, if it was their worship that defeated the adversary, I want you to put it in his face so he can see it. If it was their obedience to your word that defeated him in that trial, you display it for him to see. If it was their submission, you let the enemy know it was their submission. I believe he is doing that. As individuals and for this body, I believe he is boasting to the adversary. Last scripture and I'm closing. Malachi chapter 1. The prophet was, he had some heavy words for the children of Israel. And so much of it, the Lord was speaking through him rhetorical questions. Things they already knew the answer to. He was telling them that what they were offering was polluted. That is serious. And he is dealing with them. Malachi chapter 1 and verse 11, but then he gets to, remember he's talking to the children of Israel And he makes this statement. For from the rising of the sun and to the going down of the same, my name shall be great among the Gentiles. He was prophesying of what was to come for the Gentile people. He was telling them before time what would happen with Peter and Cornelius. But we're Gentiles. And I said, yes, Lord, your name will be great. And he said, and in every place, incense shall be offered unto my name. Sacrifice shall be offered unto my name. And a pure offering. Speaking of the Gentile people. 
So, Sister Allie, what you were doing up here was a pure offering unto God Almighty. So don't you worry about being a little loud, for it was a pure offering unto your God. Don't worry if it took a little time. It was a pure offering. For my name shall be great among the heathen. And that is not meant as derogatory. It was just, again, the Gentile people. And surely, God, your name is great among the Gentile people. Your name is great in this city. Your name is great in Paraguay. Your name is great in Mexico. Your name is great in Farmington, oh God. Your name is great in Tampa, Lord. Your name is great in Nigeria, God. Your name is great in Russellville. If you can stand all over the building, church family. Truly, we are watching this scripture. His name is great. And his name is greatly to be praised. So why would we not want to receive everything he has for us? Why would we not want to receive the truth of the word of God? For he is great. believe this body is offering a pure offering unto him I don't believe any sacrifice we make he is just you know turning his head to but I believe he observes it and takes note of it His name is great. There is a sovereign move of the Spirit of Almighty. He has been with us since Pastor Hildebrand led us in corporate prayer. And he has not left. So if you have a need in this place, reach your hands up to heaven and call on the only one that can meet your need.